Welcome to Sing, Dance, Act, Thrive, featuring conversations with performing artists and industry influencers on what it takes to succeed in the arts. I am your host, Diane Foy, and I believe that you really can make a living from your creative talents. As a publicist, podcaster, and coach, my mission is to educate, motivate, and empower you to thrive with authenticity, creativity, and purpose. Hello and welcome to episode 64 of Sing, Dance, Act, Thrive. My guest today is an actor and singer originally from Birmingham, Alabama, Patrick Oliver Jones. He has been in the performing arts both on screen and on stage for more than 25 years and was in the original cast of First Wives Club in Chicago. In addition to two national tours, The Adams Family and Evita. On camera, Patrick has appeared and done voiceover work in several national commercials, as well as co-starring roles on primetime television, including Blue Bloods and Law and Order CI. He's the host and executive producer of While Never Make It, a weekly theater podcast featuring the realities of a career in the arts. He lives in New York City with his husband, who is also a performer. There's so much good stuff in this episode that I'm just going to get right to it. I hope you enjoy it. Well, hello. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Oh, Diane, it's great to be here. Good to talk with you. Yeah. So I saw you were in the First Wives Club and you did the Adams Family and Evita. What were some of the highlights coming out of those experiences? Well, I mean, those were like really... I guess for lack of a better term, it, it's career changing moves, especially Adam's family. That was my very, very first kind of big Broadway production that was going on tour. And it was, it was the, the, the process of getting it, you know, with every callback, I, I, I tried to, you know, with, with any audition, I try to keep my expectations down just to move on to the next audition, just keep, keep going about, you know, do my thing. But with every callback, I got a little more excited. I got a little more amped up, like, could this be? Could this be? And by that, by the last one, the, the last audition was was a callback for dance and then kind of going through the sides again. And, you know, I think it was two hours later, got the call and, you know, I was I was doing it. So it was it was really exciting. And that's when I found out that Douglas Sills was Gomez and I I knew the Scarlet Pimpernel, loved his voice, loved that music. So first day of rehearsal was, I was a bit starstruck by it all. And I, you know, I did the, I'm a big fan. It's so, it's so nice to work with you. He, he, he laughs it all because to him, and now that I know him, this makes sense, but it, to him, he just kind of laughs off all of that kind of celebrity and star stuff. But for me, of course, huge deal. So yeah. And 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 then it was the same with First Wives Club, you know, Faith Prince and, you know, people that I knew, you know, Greg Edelman, people that I knew from these big Broadway shows. And there there is that bit of am am I really in the same league with these people? Like am I really sharing the same stage with these with these big names? And so it's um 
there's there's a bit of of nervousness, but there's also that big confidence booster that comes from it and knowing that I have been deemed worthy by the powers that be to to share the stage with these well-known, well-established actors. And so it 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 really was an affirmation, not that I needed to be, you know, stroked and affirmed and like you're good, you're good, but at the same time it was nice to know that those those people who have the power to choose chose me and it it was a it was a really great and wonderful boost to my own confidence as well as what i what i thought i could do in this career yeah you you earned the right to be there yeah yeah cool so is this what you always wanted to do when you were young like what was your dreams well, I, as a kid, I kind of bounced back and forth between a lot of things. And because it, it was in third grade that I started doing church musicals and that kind of thing. So, you know, it, it was fun. I enjoyed it and doing doing choir. So, yeah, music was always just something I loved to do. But I, I didn't really think about doing it for a career because I, as a typical boy, I go through the through the fireman, policeman. There was even a time where I thought about being a preacher. So it was all of these kind of authority figures, you know, that I kind of had in mind of of what I might want to do. But it really wasn't until high school that I got to thinking about performing, about working and actually being a professional actor and what that could mean. I started doing a few stuff community-wise and, and getting paid for it. So it was, uh, yeah, it, it was a very much of a slow burn. It wasn't something that I just knew from my very first show, <laughs> this is what I want to do with the rest of my life. So yeah. it, it was it was one of those things where I, I kind of had to because it was it was it was fun. It was something that I just enjoyed. You know, the applause, the the the, the laughter of the audience, or you know, the laughter of us on stage. It, it it was just this kind of activity, this kind of extracurricular thing I was doing. But toward the end of high school, getting into college, that's when it really started to feel like, oh, maybe. I am an actor. That can be my job. That can be what I do. And slowly, you know, through summer work and different things like that, it it started to feel like, okay, let's uh, let's keep going with this. Was what was your college? Was it acting or general <laughs> academics? Yeah, I again, I bounced around a, a bit there too. I, I started out in music, went into theater. I, I was undecided for a while, and. Uh, I eventually landed on mass communication or broadcasting. And I had this idea of being like a radio DJ at one point. Then there was, I didn't really want to do news per se as like being a news anchor, but I liked the technical side of it, the the editing, the putting stories together, filming, that kind of thing. And while I haven't really put that degree to use, it's certainly come in handy as I've done commercials, as I've started to audition for TV, and certainly now with self-taping and, and just being that the lighting sound technician that we have to be as, as we're self-taping. So the degree has come into play within my acting career, and it was really just kind of a, a fallback, it, you know, kind of my safety degree in case uh you know this acting thing doesn't pan out but but fortunately i've never really had to fall back on it and i i feel as even though i haven't reached all of the the, the heights and and gotten all the shows that i wanted to 
to do at, at this point in my career. I, I do feel fortunate in the fact that I've been able to make a living at it. And really for the past 20 years, I haven't needed second jobs or survival jobs. I've, I've certainly taken them and, you know, in between this and that just to stay busy mm -hmm. and, and make a little money. But I've, I've, I feel very fortunate that I haven't needed that. And so, you know, like, like when this pandemic came along, I, I was fortunately financially well enough that I wasn't too worried about that part. It was mainly just the worry of when's the next job going to come? When, when am I going to get to be this actor? When am I, I going to perform again? So it's, um, I, I do feel blessed in many ways, but at the same time, you know, I, we, we all have our have our our goals, our aspirations that we hope to reach, and some are reached and some aren't. So I'm I'm still kind of on that path. Right. And was it always theater, or did you have hopes yeah. and dreams for film I mean, and television? It's, no, it's 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 been theater the whole way, musical theater specifically. That's been you know from from my my very first high school musical, which was Fiddler on the Roof. It's it's just been musicals all the way. And so the commercial, the TV film, the, all the other things that have come along have really been just because, well, I'm auditioning for this and I might as well audition for that too. So it just kind of, uh, just kind of fell into my lap, so to speak. But, but theater, if, if, if that's what I can do for the rest of my life, that's, I, I would be happy doing that. Right. And what are some of the musicals that you haven't yet had a chance to be a part of that you'd love to be a part of? Well, you know, as as a musical theater singer, there there are those composers, those shows that kind of mark you as a as a true theater actor, a true musical theater actor. And one of those is Stephen Sondheim. I've never done a Stephen Sondheim musical. So whether even, even like Into the Woods or you know Little Night Music, I mean these are these are shows that I, I have seen, but I've never gotten to do so. Hopefully one day I can do a Stephen Sondheim musical. Right. Any one in particular? Well, I, I mean the the two that I mentioned are probably the ones like like Into the Woods. It's it's just so you know the, the fantasy of it all, but yet the the dark, deep moral that's behind it uh, is, and, and the princes are just so outlandishly comical. I would I would love to take on those. I I, I like those kind of bigger than life kind of characters, but then I I also love more more serious roles like Frederick in A Little Night Music that uh, that show a bit more depth and emotion. So. Yeah, I, I, both sides of Stephen Sondheim, his his kind of fun-loving, goofy side, as well as that serious side. Yeah, well, I figured you might as well name it and put it out in the universe. Right, right, the secret, <laughs> right? Put it yeah. out there and let it come to you. You got to say it. <laughs> um, so what are some of the differences between, because you've been on, I guess I... Broadway or was it Chicago? I saw but First Wives Club. Yeah, yeah. First Wives. It, it was a pre-Broadway production that we did in Chicago. Yeah, right. And then you've done some tours. So right. curious about the differences, experiences between going on the road and staying in one place with a show. Yeah, I mean the the life of an actor. We we certainly travel around a lot, but yeah, it's usually going to one place. You know, like a regional theater or like with First Wives Club. We were in Chicago for two months producing the show. Uh, you know, te technical rehearsals and then actually getting into performances. 
And so traveling itself is certainly natural and normal for any actor. And the way that touring is different is that, yes, you're traveling a lot more often. Every week or two weeks, you're, you're in a new city. But it's the it's the family atmosphere that you get with your cast because you're around the same people 24 hours a day. Like even, even in a regional theater, you're usually housed somewhere. So you, you, you may have the evenings to yourself during the rehearsal process or the days to yourself during, uh, during performances. So you can kind of do your own thing. You can get away, but on tour, you're constantly around the same people. You, you have no one else to be with, to hang around with. So it's, it's like, it's all your, your, your siblings and cousins are with you and, you know, you, you, you get into some arguments, some tiffs here and there. Fortunately, I, I, I never experienced that, but I saw plenty of it. There was, I remember there was one time, won't name names, but right before we were going out on a scene, the two people behind me, it, it, we were, we were the family unit about to, you know, come, come downstage to center. And right before the curtain opened, they were yelling back, no, don't talk to me. How did, and, and they're literally just yelling at each other. I'm looking at them going, the curtain is about to open. And then as soon as the curtain <laughs> opened, then they're back to their smiles and lines <laughs> and they're in their character. It was, so you, you kind of have some, some personalities to deal with. I'll just say it that way. Yeah, for sure. I'm usually like that too. I'm not usually the one in the conflict, but I'm around it. And I try to be the calming force. <laughs> yeah, I, t I try to, like, I'm always trying to, to laugh it off and, and be like, oh, come on, guys. Oh, 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 you kid. And, you know, change the subject or, or something. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I, d I try to keep a, a lighter, a lighter atmosphere. And, and, and in tour life, you really have to, because if you get buried in those conflicts or disagreements, then the next weeks or months are just miserable for you because then you're having to either avoid someone or the slightest thing and then you're off again yelling and screaming so it really is a matter of you know taking deep breath just keeping it calm finding the people that you really connect with you you know you as as much as you're around the whole cast and crew you know day in and day out you find your handful of people that are your go-tos the ones that you hang out with in the hotels or spend your days with when you're exploring a city so it's it, it really is you you find those that you can connect with the most and really relish those relationships right and that kind of brings us to some challenges that you've faced over the 20 years what are some of the ones that or what what are some of the challenges that came about either downtimes or you know and lessons learned from those experiences yeah well i would say that the the, the biggest things generally come from from myself and how i handle them you know certainly a big part of this acting career is the the auditions that you don't get, which is most of them, and and that rejection that you feel. But it's really my own expectations of you know I, I cerebrally mentally know I'm not going to book every audition, but there's still this expectation that I will continue to progress. That okay, well now I've booked this national tour, great. Now I booked a pre Broadway show, great. Now I haven't booked anything since then since first wives club no big broadway shows tours anything like that have come my way and there the further you go the more these expectations build and so for me 
there, there, there is a, a voice inside of me that reminds me, you haven't quite made it yet. You haven't, you haven't done what you wanted to do. You're, you're not, you're not, you're not really there. I, I don't know if you'll ever make it. Sorry. But I have to quiet that voice. I have to, as, as I was kind of mentioning before, remind myself that I've, I've been able to make a living at this, which is not something that a lot of actors can say yeah. that I've financially been able to support myself doing what I love doing. And so it, I would say that that's probably the, the biggest thing, you know, week after week, month after month that I have to constantly remind myself and, you know, it, it, I'm certainly not perfect at it because just, just last week I, I got this, uh, this quick audition, this casting director, they called me in because, you know, special for this, for the TV show. And I got the sides and an hour later I was in front of the director and casting director to, and so I was like, oh, oh, right. And, and they called me in special and they were, they were so nice and thank you for coming in. And then I did the audition and then you just get the silence. And so nothing came of it. And that, that is, it's it's living with that silence of the the non feedback, the non affirmation, that maybe maybe my audition was great, but 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 they just needed someone older or taller or whatever, or or maybe that audition stank, and they were like, oh gosh, I don't know if we're ever going to call them in. You know, these are the kind of things that you you go through when you're in that that phase of silence of not hearing anything and i would say that that's probably the hardest part of actors because we just crave a, a director telling us things and, and getting feedback and collaborating and and digging into characters and this and that but so often a lot of it is just we're stuck in our own heads wondering what happened yeah so i guess you have to really be confident that you gave it everything you got so, you know, whether you got yeah. it or not, you gave it your all. And that's about all you can do. Yeah, it's it's about having that that bigger voice kind of overshadow the 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 hopefully smaller voice inside you that yeah. that, that that that's doubtful, that's that's a bit more uh, condescending of you, you know, to have that bigger voice inside of you that that is affirming that, you know, you kind of have to be your own feedback, your own your own director and your own collaborator in that sense that you know, you want to work with yourself again. You want to constantly, you know, do the best work. You want to get to that next audition. You want to work on that next song, whatever it is. And yeah, and just keep going. And what are some tips that you would give to get on the radar of casting directors and other industry that might hire you? And do you have any tips about that? Well, you know, I I would say, you know, I'll, I'll answer one question when it comes to to agents because that's certainly something that uh, that before we even get to casting directors, a right. lot of actors ask about, which is the is agents. And I've I've gone the route of just cold emails of just sending it out to people that I don't know, they didn't know me, they weren't asking for it. I just send it out. So that was how I got uh, my one of my first agents here in New York was just a cold email. But it really is about relationships and 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 I think it's going to be the same for casting directors but specifically when it comes to agents or managers of building relationships and certainly a good way because we're all we're all there auditioning for people we're all there even if we don't have representation you you're in front of people and so getting to know the the people that are behind the table those casting directors the the assistants 
and if, if you get to work with a director, getting to know them, fostering that relationship so that you can ask them questions, so that you can email them outside of the audition. Because, and, because that's how I got my, my current uh, TV film commercial agent was that I reached out to casting directors that I had known, that I'd been in front of, and I'd say, who do you recommend? Because that's going to mean a lot more to an agent or manager that a casting director recommended you than a cold email or, oh, I, I saw that you're representing my friend. Will you represent me too? I'm, you know, I'm sure agents get that all the time. So I, I would say that finding relationships, finding a way to really connect with others. And, and, and it really has to be from a genuine place. It can't be from this, oh, I'm trying to angle it. I'm trying to, trying to quote unquote network and get in with this person or that person. It really needs to be a, a genuine connection that, you know, you, you, you can, you have something in common. You, you laugh about the same things. You, 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 you share a similar family background, whatever it is that you find a way to really connect with them. And that I think is going to be the, the best uh, kind of marker of where you can go in your career because as you get to know more people as you begin connecting then they're thinking about you then they're you know they might recommend you for this or for that so i i would say that that's something that it's not always something that i'm good at or that i i think about but whenever i'm i'm more mindful of of being present and connecting with people in the room then it just it just goes much better yeah, and I think I often give the advice of nobody wants to be sold to. So right. find out about them and see how you can be of service to them. So it could be like a give, 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 then ask, you know? Yeah, and yeah. just be, you know, if you know a way that you could help them out, go for it. Or be on social media, always connecting with people on there as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, sometimes it, it's it's simple as they, they posted a picture about you know this meal that they had, or they went to go visit family, and and it's like, oh, oh yeah, I I was in that city just the other day, and but 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 you know, so it, it it can be just something as simple as commenting and 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 trying to connect with them in any personal way that you can. So it's not all just business business yeah. acting stage. Yeah. Yeah. Always comment on pets. <laughs> <laughs> that's true that's true if yeah yeah if a pet will like you then you know then you know you're in with the uh with the owner <laughs> yeah um so what is your relationship with social media love it hate it where are you <laughs> uh, you know it's it, it's one of those things where as, as an actor i i certainly recognize it it's it's nice to kind of you know, promote my stuff and and let people know, hey, I'm I'm doing this, I'm, I'm doing that. So it it's nice when you have something, but you know, as I said, most of the time we're we're not booking those auditions. So there there's gaps in between those jobs. When when I'm like, well, I, all all I did today was was kind of watch some TV. I did the dishes. I I, I worked on some emails. I need to send out. You know, so yeah. it's like. These aren't things that <laughs> these aren't picture moments, Instagram worthy story sharing moments to that people want to know about. So, so for most of my life, I'm I'm not thinking 
in a social media way. Whereas I've, I've been on dates with people who are looking at their phone. I've been w friends of mine who are constantly like taking pictures. Oh, 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 this is good content. And they're posing and they're getting this and they're getting the background. And it's, and, and I watch it and I'm like, I don't know that I could live that way or be in that mindset of, oh, 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 right. Frame me up really good. Okay. Get this way. The lighting's right. Yeah. I just don't think in that way. And I know that there are some people and they're good at it because they have the tens of thousands of followers and, you know, kudos to them, but it's just not how I think. And I know that for me, I'm, I'm much better in person. So social media as, as connected quote unquote that it is, it, it really feels distant to me when it comes to relating to people and getting to know them. I'm, I'm just much better and much more comfortable in, in talking with someone one-on-one -on -one or being in a small group of people playing games or, you know, just, just having pizza, watch a movie, whatever it is. The, these are the kind of moments that I really relish. And so social media is, is one of those things that I understand from a business side, you know, having my own podcast like you, I, I know I need to put the word out there, yeah. but when it comes to my own personal life, it's, it's just not something that I think about. Right. Yeah. So I coach artists on this and um, I'm, I'm like you, like when I'm out, I really don't want to deal with it. <laughs> like I, I actually want to <laughs> enjoy the experience and, yeah. you know, if I'm having dinner with someone, I kind of want to talk to them and not mm -hmm. my phone, but sometimes I'll make a point of going, excuse me, I got just, I just got to take this one little photo and then my phone's away, you know? <laughs> so, right. but I tried to plan ahead for my social media content. So gather all your stories and photos from the past. So if you don't have like a current project that you're promoting, well, it's a thing. Social media should be social and not just promoting. So share stories, share stories from the past, share stories just to connect with people, have photos around. It could, it doesn't even have to be a photo of you. It could be a photo that's a could be a stock image that is kind of related to what you do or what you're talking about and just have a collection of photos and stories to kind of always be posting and be consistent with it and then make sure you're engaging with others as well. But, yeah, uh, yeah, I, de I definitely find myself uh you know looking at what other people are doing more than posting my own stuff so i i will say that i i try to stay good especially on instagram with with looking at what other people are doing and and liking this commenting commenting on that but um but yeah it's it it it's it's hard because what you were mentioning about you know well well going back to to places you've been or or previous things you've done or you know this is how i'm feeling today and kind of having a picture to fit that mood Again, th there's that planning phase of it that just, it it's not something I think about till after the moment, like, oh, you know, like a specific day will come up, like this person's birthday or th this this event is happening. It's like, oh, that's right. I, I did that a couple of years ago. I, I could have posted about that. And it's, right. it's, 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 it's something that I don't think about till generally after the moment. Yeah, that's what you got to change. <laughs> you gotta <laughs> right? plan ahead and uh yeah it's just setting up systems so that it's not such a huge thing every day 
because it can take over your life. It can be a full-time job. Yeah. 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 I, I spoke with someone who, and, and this was a guy that I was in a show with and I noticed he had 25,000 followers. And so I, I just asked him about them. Like, how, how did you get that? And, and, you know, what did you do for that? And he said, well, it was, it was a full-time job almost, you know, it was a, it was a calculated, curated way of, of gathering photos, of writing just the right caption underneath, of, of doing the, you know, of staying consistent, of reaching out, of following other, it, he said, it, it got to be its own full-time job. And he said that, Actually, he's lost a lot of followers. And I went, you have 25,000. He said, yeah, I used to have more, but I've lost a lot because it, it stopped being this all-consuming thing to me and is important to me. So now I, I, I do less. You know, he, he was still very active, but it was something that he did in more of a moderation. So, you know, and, and, I, and I look at that and I'm like, well, I don't know that I want to be that kind of person who, who thinks that way and is doing that kind of thing. but at the same time, I think it's also a bit of my own personality and not wanting to reach out that much because what if they don't reach back? What if what if I do put all that work into it and I do all the steps and I plan ahead and I get the right picture with the right caption and I still only get like 10 or 15 likes? Then then it's like, I, I, I'm sure there's that fear in me of, of that failure of not... Yeah connecting with other people as much as I want to. Yeah, that does happen. And because like in the last year, I've been making that point of being consistent, posting every single day and having that thing planned ahead and trying to do stories. And yes, it can become a full-time job. And then, yeah, you don't get much response to it. Um, but I think the thing is consistency. And also you have to go think about what your goals are. Mm -hmm. Like... If your goal is to become friends with casting directors online, then you can kind of focus your attention on following those people, commenting on their pages and just being more strategic with it so that you're not spending insane hours on it. Um, but when you don't get the engagement, it's always, are you giving 10 times the engagement that you want to receive? <laughs> and I find when I'm not getting that engagement, it's like, have I been slacking on engaging with others? Yeah. <laughs> and then you go do, go back to it and then you start getting people talking to you again. But I think you have to kind of know what your goals are. And if you only have 10 minutes to spend on social media, how can you spend those 10 minutes that will lead you closer to your goals? And usually that would be just engaging with other people. Yeah, and, and and I think part of that, you know, like you say, when you only have 10 minutes to really think about where do I want to go is, do you want to just, for me, I love Instagram. So that's kind of where I gravitate towards and Twitter and Facebook and, and all the others kind of fall by the wayside. So I think it's, it's probably helpful to focus your energies rather than trying to be on all the platforms at all the times and the best way it, it, it yeah, that can be a little overwhelming because, because for example, I... I joined Reddit uh, just just a few months ago, you know, and that's that's a very different kind of community. But at the same time, it really is a community in the sense that there are people, depending on the thread, the subreddit that the subreddit that you're on, 
that there are people constantly asking questions, giving feedback. It really is kind of more of a back and forth than you get with a lot of like Instagram. Twitter's similar that way, but but you only get like bite size and <laughs> generally yeah. very vitriolic kind of exchanges on Twitter. But with with Reddit, you can really dig into questions and like for me, I I subscribe to one of the acting subreddits and. There are people with genuine questions about, uh, like one was, am I an actor anymore? Because I, I, don't, I don't feel connected to these auditions that I'm doing anymore. You know, really personal stuff about what it's like to be in this profession and how people are feeling and then people comment on it. And I would notice that when I'm engaged with that, when I'm commenting on others, when I'm reaching out or uh, addressing this issue or answering this question, giving my own thoughts, that people are responding back. People are liking this. People even directly message me. But if I'm away from it for two, three, four weeks, then then nothing, then all that goes away. So it, you're right, it is a constant uh, engagement with it to, to get out of it as much as you're putting into it. Yeah, I haven't done Reddit, but I what you're describing is why I like Facebook groups. Because mm -hmm. the same thing, there's certain Facebook groups, like I have one, Unstoppable Musicians and Actors. Um, it's, you know, small but growing. Um, but there are bigger ones and where there's either just actors or acting industry, film industry, or for me, music industry. And same thing is like people can, you know, share what they're going through and get some feedback. And if they're trying to figure out how something works, you know, it's they can get advice there. And that's what I like about the Facebook group. So it's kind of similar. Yeah, I do, I do notice and, and, and I'm curious if, if you feel the same way that because I'm I'm a performer and you know there's the the audition side of it then there's the when I actually book it the performing the singing that that is my it is it is a passion it is something I enjoy doing but it's also my job it is my career and so I do try to let that be its own part of my life and then when I'm done with that go off and and do more personal things and and hobbies and 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 have a a life that's different from what I do for my career. And so to then have social media be another extension of my career, have have more of my free time devoted to this career rather than having my career its own separate thing. I for me I do like that dividing line and and so is is it good to to make that dividing line? Should it be a more of a fluctuating line that is is a bit more transparent? Or you know how to how do you keep that balance? Well, I think like I went since I've been like posting more often too. Like I'm generally a private person, and and sometimes when I was first kind of sharing in my mind, more personal things, but like, it's nothing, it's really nothing, you know? Um, so it's hard for me, but you know, you get used to it. But the thing is that that's what people connect to is when you do share those things, it, like you can share things that have nothing to do with your career. And that might be what someone connects with you on. And then mm -hmm. they'll also check out your career. So it's a way of just connecting with people by telling those stories, by sharing your hobbies outside of acting, more personal stories and things like that. But, you know, you can also have a line like, you know, if you had children, you can also you do that line of like, 
I'm not going to post any photos of my children. Like you have to mm-hmm. think about what is your, you know, what do you not want to put out there? But you also have to be open to share some things that are outside of your just career to connect with people. And that's what yeah. people connect with. You know, it could be just some crazy hobby that you have, but by talking about it, people are drawn to that. Yeah, because it's it's about presenting yourself as this well-rounded person. You know, just like having outside experiences help us as actors, you know, be be more understanding and empathetic with the different kind of characters and roles that we take on. You know, our 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 personal lives need to be well-rounded and and experiential and you're right. It's 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 good to share those experiences as well because that's going to provide even deeper ways to connect with others. Yeah, and it's it's your personal brand, which is just basically you, the what makes you you, and sharing that. And you don't have to, you know, share every single million directions because you don't want to distract people either. Um, but if you could pick a few things that you're interested in that's outside of what you're doing for a living, it just becomes part of your brand. Like if you go to my Instagram. Other than, you know, business and about me stuff, my things are cats and wine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So cats and wine are part of my brand and I'm okay with that. <laughs> you know, that's what it's yeah. my thing. So it's something that's outside that people can, you know, connect to. Something about your personality that has nothing to do with what you do. And and I imagine you have found a community of other people who like cats or wine or both. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what made you start your podcast? Well, it began as just kind of a just kind of a thought in the back of my head because I, I was starting to hear more podcasts and and people were, you know, these people were enjoying it and telling funny stories or this or that. I was like, oh, well, I, th- I think I would like to do that, and 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 I brought on a, a friend of mine, um, you know, asked him if he would like to to join me and be the be co-host together. And we weren't sure exactly what we wanted to do. We had a, a brainstorming session about what it could be and the kind of things we wanted to talk about. And after creating kind of a pilot episode, then we let some people hear it and comment on it. And one of the segments was Why I'll Never Make It, where we would talk about, well, I have this particular thing, or I've done this particular thing, and that's why I'm not making it because of X, Y, and Z in my life. And so that's what people tend to resonate with, resonate with. So we based the whole podcast around that. So it was he and I for that first season. And then afterwards, he moved on to greener pastures and is pursuing other things. And I decided to stick with it and just take it on myself and bring on people that I knew, bring on guests. And over the, the three or four years, it's really become more more than just, hey, how did you get into acting? You know, wh- wh- how was this job? You know, wh- what was it like working with this person? It's really become more about how do you get through the days when you're not working? What is it like when you don't hear from from an audition, from a callback, from that fifth callback that you had, and then you don't hear anything else? What really the the realities of performing and the the grind, the rigors that we go through. Because yes, there's a lot of 
being in front of people, being on set, being on stage. There's a lot that's kind of glamorous about it, but most of it is the work that no one sees, you know, <laughs> kind of yeah. what we were talking about with, with, with social media, what, what people see on social media are those images that we've curated or that, that we've picked the, the, the moments that were, that were funny or, or moving or emotional, but they're not seeing the time where, you know, you were just at home watching TV or answering emails. And it's much the same way in the acting career that people see that show that you were in, that TV show, the the stage production, the that song that you were singing, oh, beautiful voice. But then what about the weeks and months that go by when you're not performing? Then who are you? And I think that that's a big thing that performers, creatives can lose sight of. It's like, who am I outside of this, this persona, outside of this this skill, this talent that I have. Yeah. And who, who have been some of your favorite guests? Well, I would say, you know, I've, I've certainly had some, some big names, which were fun, you know, like, like Joey Fatone, he and I did a, a show back in Orlando years ago, we did Greece together. So he and I have known each other almost going on 20 years now. And so it's people like that, that, that are, and, and he's just a goofball. So, yeah. so interviewing him what was fun, but at the same time, he'll, he'll tell you like it is. He was like, NSYNC was fun, but then we had this to deal with. And, you know, after NSYNC, I had nothing, you know, you know, and, and really diving into to those. So even someone of his status can have these down moments, can have these moments where he's like, I don't know what's going to happen next or where my next job's going to come from, or if I'm even good at doing anything else. But I also love talking with people who are like myself, grinding it out, doing it every day. There was one in particular that I had, his name was Chris Eli Black, and he's a, he's a, he's a young playwright and just has so much heart, so much, so much passion and, and just, he, he's one of those people who has really just, he just dove into this profession all all in he's not holding back and he's constantly out there promoting his stuff constantly writing constantly trying to 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 kind of get get the next thing you know entering into this playwright festival or trying to get with this particular uh, collaboration and at the same time he he understands what it is to be a full human as well as an artist. And I think that that's something, even in my own self, I, I have a hard time blending those two and being both. It's, it's really easy for me to just kind of get an actor mindset and, and stay there. But then, well, then what do I do when it's just me? And he is someone who's fully integrated, I think, both sides of himself. And it was really fascinating to talk to him about as young as he is to have really found that, that secret of of blending both your per, your personal and professional selves right and so i always ask what is your why why do you do what you do hmm. it has changed over the years because when i first did it, it it was because i loved to sing it was because i liked the laughs and the applause of the audience and and so the the affirmation that 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 acceptance of other people was certainly a big reason why I got into it. But over the years, it's really become about 
well, it's it's kind of two pronged. It's how can I tell stories? How can I affect an audience? How can I relate this particular character or this particular theme to an audience and really make them see life, see themselves in a different way? And those kind of stories, those kind of of messages are what now draw me to the to the kind of shows that I do. <clears throat> Excuse me. Like one of my favorite shows is Man of La Mancha. And that one is just chock full of, of, of wisdom and morals and people clashing, but also people coming together. And it's, I think that show, no matter where you are in your life, no matter really what era you are, because that's back in the 60s, but I think its messages have just as much relevance today. And it's telling stories like that that can really make a difference to an audience. And then the second prong of it is, is my own self. And I think for the longest time, my career was, was in charge of me and the fact that whatever audition I booked, that that's where I went, whatever, um, you know, whatever opportunity came along. Oh, oh, you want me? Oh, okay. Yeah. I was just saying, yes, yes, yes. My career was really the one dictating my life. And it's been interesting as the career has not not faded, but ebbs and flows as it normally does. And certainly with this pandemic, it's really gone away. Then I'm kind of left by myself going, okay, well now who are you? And so my career, my, uh, you know, this, this passion, this talent, this skill that I have for acting is now something that I need to kind of take inward and, and, Put the same effort, put the same care that I did in in learning that craft, and now learning myself. And it's a you know, I it's not a road that's I think is going to end anytime soon. It's one that I'm still kind of figuring out. But it's definitely been a more recent thing for me to to really kind of figure out my own my own self. And that and and. That will get to your your question of why. That will get to your question of why do you get up in the day? It's not, you know, you, you don't have an audition, you don't have a performance. So then, what is your why? And it really it it, it changes kind of day to day. Why am I going to do? Why am I going to get up today? What am I going to do about it? And it's it's a constant journey. That some some days I don't have an answer to it. I I will I will readily admit that some days are kind of listless and I'm just kind of going through the motions. And then, then there's that spark. Then someone connects with me or I take a class or something starts to kind of get that spark in me again. And I start to kind of feel connected with, with other people. I, I think that's the biggest thing that I'm realizing that when I'm not connected to other people, I do, I do kind of have more questions than answers. I do have more, I, I, I don't know why, but once I start connecting with people, then I start to kind of find a way back to myself. Yeah. And it's, it's a lot of these things that we usually don't think about until we get a little older. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, like, this is true. Very when I true. ask young, young people, like, what are your core values? What is your why? They're like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> right. But, uh, you know, little, give us, give you 10 years and then you'll be like, oh yeah, my why is this. And, you know, mm -hmm. you know, take some time. It's the journey, you know, and I think it means more later on too. Well, yeah, I, th I think that, you know, 
certainly when I was younger, I, you know, I knew I was, I was living my life. I knew that I, I wanted this, I wanted that. I, I was dating this person, you know. So, so my life, both relationally, emotionally, artistically, you know, it was just kind of this kind of flow in and out, free for all. And, you know, I was on a journey, but I think I, I, it's like I didn't recognize the the actual path I was on. I, I was so busy doing that I wasn't being in that moment. And I think as I've gotten older. I, I'm, it's almost like I'm more concentrating on the path itself and seeing where it's taking me, see, see where I've been, you know, the, the older you get, the more you have to look back on, and you're going to look back with some, some fond memories. There's certainly regrets that are going to happen, but how, how do you process both of those? So it's, a it, it it's interesting to talk about a journey or a path now, because I think it does mean it does mean different things when you're older than when you're, you know, like when I was in my twenties. Yeah. Yeah. Your why tends to be a little bit more superficial when you're younger. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Because, because it, because it, it changes so often and kind of what, you know, what, what you're feeling, who you're with, you know, it, it's, it can really kind of be in the moment, which is, which is a wonderful place to be, but it's also nice whenever you can just sit with yourself and, and not be in those, flowy moments and really be a bit more centered and you know you start to really figure out who you are yeah i love it mm -hmm. <laughs> um so where can people find you online your podcasts and also uh your website and all that good stuff yeah, well, I am uh, Poe Jones. That's that's what I've uh, <laughs> I use for almost everything online. So that my initials P O and then last name Jones. So PoeJones.com is my is my website. You can get to my my podcast. Why I'll never make it from there. And on on social media, I'm Poe Jones as well, except for Instagram. Someone got Poe Jones way before me. It's a blank account. No one follows it. I tried to get it. Oh, it's so <laughs> annoying. Right? The people so that I, have my name too. It's like, you're not even using it. Give it right, up. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So, so I'm Poe Jones literally everywhere from emails to websites to social media, except for Instagram. Instagram, I had to go P-O-J-N-Y-C. So, okay. Okay. Yeah. Oh, whatever. <laughs> right. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for joining me. It's been oh, great. Diane, this, this has been great talking to you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Well, if you enjoyed this episode, I would be ever so grateful if you were to rate and review it on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, or Stitcher, as it really helps to get the show discovered by more people. You can also share it on social media and tag me at Diane Foy PR, and I'll be sure to give you a shout out and share it as well. Thanks for listening to Sing, Dance, Act, Thrive. Be sure to join the mailing list at dianefoy.com to gain access to exclusive bonus content, a weekly newsletter, and an invitation to our private Facebook group of purpose-driven performing artists and industry influencers. 